This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What is going on, everybody? Mike Curlin here from the Bases Load Podcast. And just a reminder, for those who don't know, we have teamed up with Rotoballer this year for the 2020 season, which means we're joining the Rotoballer Radio Podcast Network. Since 2013, Rotoballer has been grinding away, providing millions of fantasy baseball players as their fix for in-depth MLB analysis and player news. If you haven't heard, Rotoballer's 2020 draft kit is live, and all Bases Loaded listeners can get 10% off Rotoballer's draft kit by using discount code BASESLOADED. Rotoballer is home to number one fantasy pros accuracy ranker Nick Mariano. Nick's 2020 rankings and projections are available as part of Rotoballer's draft kit, along with printable cheat sheets, draft sleepers and busts, and more than 300 2020 player outlooks and tons of in-season tools. All of this from Rotoballer is available for 10% off with discount code BASESLOADED. Just go to rotoballer.com slash bases and get your draft kit today. And they're wagging him with the bases loaded and intentional walk to Barry Bonds. Two and two with the bases loaded and one out. Oh my God. Deep to right field. Way. Hello and welcome in everybody to episode 123 of the Bases Loaded Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Curland. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. And tonight I bring a co-host with me. George is back. He was we missed last week. He's back in this week. I think that's how it worked, right, George? I don't remember. You can follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Roto underscore Nino. Welcome back in, George. And of course, I had to bring you in because we're going to be talking bullpens tonight. And that's your thing. And to be completely honest, when everyone asks me on Twitter something about, about bullpens, I'm pretty sure I tag you in the question <laughs> or in my response. <laughs> yeah. What's up, man? Yeah, How what's up, man? Pretty good. Yeah, I, I actually just uh, released the latest uh, bullpen report that's uh, every comes out every Wednesday morning. So that one just came out this morning. Just uh, take a look at the previous week of you know bullpen usage and closers moving around and stuff. So yeah, we can get into that a bit today. And I pu- I fully plan to because I was gonna and I may I mentioned that I was, we were gonna do a reaction show to the trade deadline, but to be honest, everyone's doing that. Everyone, every podcast, everybody has done that in the middle of the week. By the time you're listening to our podcast, I assume that you've already heard everything you need to hear about the trade breakdowns. So we're gonna go a little bit of a different route. We're still gonna talk. We're gonna talk how the trade fallout you know has affected fantasy, but we're gonna focus mo- mostly on the bullpens. We're gonna talk about. New closer roles, closers in waiting, even maybe guys with a shorter leash. I'm actually going to pull up your article to reference as we go through it. But before we get into that, we're also going to discuss a little bit of waiver wire. We're going to do some cut bait or wait, but a stud edition. We're going to talk about guys that were picked in the pre- in the preseason top 100 picks, guys that have underperformed or just maybe show some signs of life, maybe not. Discuss if we would drop them, what scenarios we would drop them in if we would, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Speaking on waiver wire, we had a couple of call-ups. We had Jazz Chisholm of the Miami Marlins, my team, obviously. A very, very raw young prospect made his debut tonight, went over four with a strikeout. That's <laughs> he is very pull heavy, very swing and miss 
very raw. A lot of a lot of upside, but I don't think this year's gonna be it for him. I wouldn't really bother going after him. And then we had Cabrian Hayes come up more of a more of a high floor kind of like a pro ready prospect, solid guy. I think he offers a little bit of power, a little bit of speed. I'm more interested in him, but overall, I mean, I know Teddy's, I think he's over two with two strikeouts right now, but of course, but Hey, he's coming He hit his first career home run last night. Yeah. I think he had two hits uh, last night, actually. Overall, are you kind of in lot similar, like train of thought when it comes to these two, or are you excited about one or the other or kind of just whatever about them? Uh, you know what? I might actually be a little more excited about, uh, another one that you didn't mention, Bobby Dahlbeck. In, uh, oh, I forgot about how did I forget about Dahlbeck? He's a power first prospect, though. <laughs> yeah, so when, yeah. So power first is, guy. is he the one that you he's your preference of all three of these? You know what? It, it's tough because uh, Chisholm, I mean, big time power speed, you know, potential, but strikes out a lot. Uh, I mean, same with, with Dahlbeck. Yeah, I mean, they're not really on my radar so much unless it's like like a 15 team league. Maybe take a chance, but yeah, it's kind of hard to say right now. I'm more along lines of uh, I'm kind of in on, like I said, Hayes for the speed aspect, and he offers the five category potential. He's the only one that's kind of twelve team for me because of the speed potential. Although the Pirates, I don't think I don't know if they run a lot. I don't haven't really. I just don't. Who follows the Pirates and their trends? Nobody like half their roster is unrosterable, and it's aggravating. Yeah, and it's been it's been a rough year for you and your. Uh, Josh Bell shares, huh? <laughs> That's right. And my my uh, Brian Reynolds shares, too. <laughs> oh, you're right. You were a Brian Reynolds guy. Completely forgot about that one. Actually, no, I didn't. We have a bet. And uh, <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm looking at the team stats right now, actually. So I was trying to stall while I did that. Let's look up. I'm looking at the stolen bases. I'm looking for the Pirates. Oh, the Pirates are third to last in stolen bases, tied for third to last in stolen bases in the league. And they have kind of some run first guys, you know, or at least some speed on their roster, and they're not utilizing it. So that kind of could be concerning for Brian Hayes. Just something worth mentioning in the um it, uh, when it comes to him. But other than that, uh, Dahlbeck, like I said, I like Dahlbeck. I really did. I actually remember yeah. talking about him a little bit in the preseason because I just liked him as a for like your deeper like drafting holds and your whatever those types of formats. Just I expected him to come up after the trade deadline, which he did. Mitch Moreland got dealt. For, to the Padres, and that opened up a spot for him to play. And he's playing almost every day. And again, it's a power first profile. He's a, he's, he's almost like Pete Alonso, but like light, obviously. Like that's kind of his profile 240 ish batting average, big pop, some swing and miss, but the Duke can smack dingers. So <laughs> that's all I yeah, can yeah, he, Sorry. He did uh, a home run. Uh, he hit a home run his first game, game in. Um, same as Hayes, actually, too. Um, and yeah. then. I know it's been uh, a little while now, but Ryan Mountcastle, uh, he's actually been he's... hitting pretty well since he came up. Yeah, see, the thing is, though, man, so much happens between episodes anymore. It's hard to remember what's been talked about and what hasn't. <laughs> and Mountcastle, he, you're right. I remember he had like a, a two-home run night not, not too long ago, didn't he? Yeah. That's awesome. And he was a guy that we were kind of in on as well in the preseason, but our big thing was when were the when would the Orioles call him up? We we knew that the bat was like ready. He was always a kind of a high two hundreds hitter, low three hundreds hitter, and there was some power there. Last year he hit twenty five home runs. The year before thirteen. This is double A and triple A. So we knew the power was there, and the, and the he had a solid you know eye for the ball with the, with always decent K rates. The walk rates were kind of low, but I'm guessing that's because he made better you know decent contact. All in all, though, he right now he's he has two home runs, triple slash of three twenty four, three ninety five, forty one. 
Camden Yards is a home is a good home park, and the team overall has been hitting. Ryan Mattcastle by by far is the best prospect of all these names, and if somehow he's available, he's definitely a guy you should worth uh, worth considering off the roster, off the roster, off the waiver wire for sure. But we're talking yeah, waiver wire. Yeah. We're we're talking. Is he one of your guys by any chance, or did we just? He actually off? was. Yeah, okay. Mount was one of my guys. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, is there any more you want to add to him? I kind of just stole him from you. Uh, no, I mean, might as well get into it. Um, yeah, so exactly. Mount Castle, uh, he's 30% owned in, in Yahoo right now, but yeah, that's it? Uh, right, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's wow. been playing mostly outfield, right? Um, yeah, yes. he's been playing left field for whatever reason. Yahoo had him as shortstop, yeah, um, I know, that's awesome. <laughs> that uh, that's kind of weird, but yeah, so he's got uh, outfield uh, eligibility now, but like you said, it, Good hit tool, decent power, and a really good home park, man. You and then you, you look at the the Orioles schedule. I, I kind of want some Baltimore shares to end the season. Uh, Mountcastle could be you know really valuable. I think across all leagues, they they have a uh, three at home against the Yankees. And the following next week, they have a uh, four in New York against the Yankees. Uh, then a full week at home following that versus Atlanta and Tampa Bay, and they finish at Boston and at Toronto. I mean, it's a pretty good-looking schedule to finish out the year for for Baltimore. So if Ryan Mountcastle's out there. Uh, I think he could be a really valuable pickup. My art, my thing is, is like I wasn't big on looking at schedules coming into the small short season, just because it didn't really have much of an impact, you know, overall. Because, well, first off, we had no idea it was going to be as crazy and chaotic as it's been. Like in terms, of, especially when it came to pitchers, but that was my big thing. But I started like today actually on ITL because um spoiler alert. Well, actually no, this will be out after ITL. I was on ITL, which was awesome, and like like one of those like wow moments. That one in Rotowire. Like, the fact that I've been on Rotowire and ITL this year has been amazing. But regardless, that's a shameless plug, and I I'm not even <laughs> even like I'm not even like I'm patting myself on the back because it blew my mind. But regardless, we were talking about today, and it actually came up. The type of discussions you have to have with yourself, like please sack or Clevenger, we talked about this rest of the season. And yeah. in a normal season, that is not a discussion. But in a shortened season, that is very much a discussion with how well please sack is pitched. And Nola, like Nola and Darvish are top five guys right now for the rest of the season for sure, maybe top seven-ish. But that's my point. It's like people like in a normal season, that is never gonna be those like that stuff is never gonna be talked about. But in this season, it's crazy. It's chaotic. And guys yeah. like Ryan Mountcastle, guys like Renato Nunez, Brad Miller is a guy on this on this wave wireless I was going to highlight a little bit. And we'll talk about it in a moment. But just these guys, like, you got to just ride with ride the hot hands because for three and a half weeks, there's a chance that these guys outperform these studs that we're going to talk about a little bit, actually. These studs that are just underperforming. And if they have no signs of bouncing back, it's one of those, if you can still trade, get from under them you know if you can um if you can't and you're like entering the playoffs because you know some play some teams play head-to-head gotta consider dropping them but it's a whole other tangent i'm you know what i haven't had i haven't talked to anybody in a while man i'm george i missed you man i need this i need this back and forth makes for good conversation so i forgot why i even went down this road of discussions but it doesn't matter Oh, we're, we're just talking about uh, Mount Castle and the, and the schedule. Orioles schedule and yeah absolutely you're looking at you know the next three and a half weeks and if someone that has a good schedule who's hitting well right now, someone like Mountcastle, and I know we're going to get into a little bit more in a little while, but like I'd rather ha- have play him over the next three and a half weeks than Josh Bell. You know, like yeah. you, you can absolutely <laughs> outproduce Josh Bell, who you know you might have spent a seventh or eighth round draft pick on, but you know here you have uh, Ryan Mountcastle just come up, and it's like, well, 
I'd rather have Mountcastle for the next three weeks. Yeah, that's exactly my point, and I'm glad you mentioned that because again, we are going to get into that. And I think we've I think we've said that five times. But before we do, let's talk about a few more names on the waiver wire. And I didn't look at schedules, but now you know what I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't I didn't look at them, but after today, between talk and between talking to you got you and then uh, Bogman and Welsh, I just I realized this, the schedules actually matter now more than ever, especially with pitchers. Because now you can kind of plot out those final three to five starts. They're going to get those, you know, that range of four to five. You can kind of plot out where they're going to land. Unless, you know, problem is, is still, these games are still postponed. Doubleheaders are still to be played. Injuries can occur. I get, I get it. You can still, but the next three starts, you usually can look forward two to three starts. And you're relatively safe in doing so. And beyond that, there's not much season left. So schedules are starting to matter. Maybe we should do a podcast highlighting strength of schedules. That would be kind of a good idea. Highlight players just off of, like, just off these teams that have really good schedules, hitters and pitchers. God, let's see. Make sure you. Oh, look at that. See, look, the sirens are they're, they're sounding. They're sounding in excitement for this idea. God, I, I love. I, I, dude, I, that's that's reminds me of work. I'm so I, I can I, I can never hear a siren again, and I'm happy. But um, oh I digress. <laughs> it's been a while since the siren's gone off on this podcast, George. It's, it's exactly. Yeah, the welcome sound. But. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, uh, that's a good – that's a mental note. Help me remember to make that podcast happen and prefer – and obviously, we'll have you come on with me as well. Regardless, let's get back to this. A guy that I'm going to highlight first, we'll just go right into Brad Miller. Over the last week, the dude has seven uh, seven runs, three home runs, and eight RBI. And that's just last week. Like, like mm-hmm. he hit two home runs last night. I think he has one tonight, doesn't he? Oh, he does. He has one tonight he as does. well. So that, I think that counts towards the three. Actually, I think that already counted. Wait, does he have one tonight? No, he doesn't. He oh, he did. That's right. I was like, I, I started laughing because the dude's batting cleanup. He has multi-positional eligibility, and he's only twenty-five percent owned. Second base, third base, outfield eligible, eligible. Goes back to we'll talk about those guys that were on that list, and he's more rosterable than some of them, and it's crazy to me. What are your thoughts on Brad Miller? It doesn't matter if you're buying in. We've seen Miller do this like in 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 runs before. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a little while, but hey, I mean he's doing it right now. And twenty twenty, bro. <laughs> <laughs> going back to um, you know the whole schedule talk, you look at the Cardinals and they're going to have a lot of games left coming up in the next three and a half weeks. That's and, true too. You know, uh, a team like the Cardinals or uh, even a team like the Oakland A's who are going to have to make up some games, uh, you know, over the next few weeks. And you know, if you could get that volume in your lineup. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. And that's under us. Like, someone like Sterling Marte just gained a ton of value, too, because Marte played all those games with the with the uh, uh, Diamondbacks, went to Miami, and gained five more games. Like, stuff like that's crazy to me. Like, like this season's so insane that somebody, like, like just gaining those five games, assuming he plays them all, even if, even if he plays three, gaining three more games is a huge advantage. And right now, Brad, Brad Miller's on a waiver wire in a lot of leagues, and that just that playing time, seems secured in the middle of a good lineup. He has 18, his, his walk rate is 18.8% and carried is 18.8%. He's walking yep. as much as he's striking out right now. It's impressive. And it looks sustainable for three and a half weeks. I mean, we've seen crazier things happen. His, mm-hmm. his play discipline looks solid. He's making, I mean, I wish you'd be making more contact overall, but that's again, we're getting, I'm not going to nitpick. It's hard to break some of these guys down analytically. We're lacking data for that especially in somebody in his case where he hasn't played as many games as others. And as a whole, 
analytics don't matter. I, I think Dom Smith w- it was set to regress. If we had another couple months, I would have sold. High, I would have told you sold high on him. Now I'm telling you hold tight because I think that could sustain for another couple of weeks. But that just goes there, like just goes to show you that these guys, you just gotta ride it. And that's been my argument. Just ride it out. Just like oh, I don't know. It's so frustrating because it's hard. It, it's easy to give that advice, but in, in putting yourself in that position. It's really difficult. Like it is. <laughs> it's hard to drop some of these players. But who's another guy on your waiver wire list that you're targeting or have targeted? Uh sticking with the Cardinals, uh 31% owned on Yahoo, Colton Wong. And again, it, it, it I mean, he's leading off, uh, you know, Miller's batting cleanup and Colton Wong will be leading off, you know, pretty much every day and you know, you, you, again, you plug him into second base there with that kind of volume, he could still, you know, steal some base. I think he had a 4 for 4 night yesterday or Five for five, um, you know. So uh, Colton Wong there at, at second base, uh, I think he could be a good pickup as well. Yeah, and it's just about again goes back to leading off the the bats are there. Not much for power, but the speed's there. He'll run a little bit too, and mm-hmm. just getting those at bats. Just just you got to get them how you can get them. I'm looking at some of these ownerships, and obviously there's no way these guys are available in most competitive leagues right now. But if somehow, like if you're in a 10 teamer, Ian Happ's available, Jake Cronenworth's available. Uh, those are just two names I'm looking at. They're both like 75% owned or less right now. And the fact that they're that available and they're playing as well as they are, you guys should change that. Like, just. <laughs> and if you're in a deeper league, a guy that I've been talking about since forever, and it'll bring back some good memories. Do you remember Victor Reyes? My love for him back in like December, yes. <laughs> January. He is leading off every day for the Pirates. Over the last two weeks, actually, forget that. Over the last month, he's batting 322 with three stolen bases and two home runs. My argument for him was always give him a chance to play. He will steal bases. He has a great hit tool. The contact is good. He's not, he's not, nothing special. He's not going to, he's more before the outfielder long term, but there's a little bit of speed there. He is what Cameron Maven, like what we wanted Cameron Maven, Maven to be. Is what we are getting out of Victor Reyes, and that my I was clear, I was all over. I was like, please give this guy a chance, and he's finally getting it. If you need some cheap speed, the at bats are there. The team's actually competitive, and the batting average—he's not a zero batting average. I mean, the power—if you don't—if you can afford to sit on the the potential zero, he's not a zero. But if you could, put, you know, if he ends up not hitting home runs in a week, you can't be really surprised. But all in all, just somebody for your deeper leagues—the fifth outfielder type—just. I don't know. I, I, I'm, you know me. I'm trying not to be biased here because I've, I've been a big Reyes guy since like. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> Reyes was someone who, who you know, I kind of liked coming into the year too as someone who could be basically like a cheaper Kevin Newman or Tommy Edmond. You know what we were expecting from those guys. Yeah. You know, which we haven't gotten yet, but here we are with Reyes with three home runs and five steals, hitting three hundred three. So absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> like who if i told you i was gonna like i didn't think he was gonna be that good like i can't act like i did i thought he was more of like a 270-ish hitter though but i thought the 20 stolen base upside was there just because i thought he was good this is before they signed maven and other stuff i was like he's probably gonna lead off or hit top of the lineup and he's probably gonna have a green light because they have the manufacturer runs and you know what i was i would have been right but I, i'll take it it's better late than never and i still have him on teams that matter so but yeah he's a great He's a great ad. Another guy. What about your Giants, Alex Dickerson? What are your thoughts on him, man? He's been kind of tearing it up lately. Five home runs oh, in the yeah. last two weeks. Four. Home, he's the number one player over the last week, batting 440 with four home runs. That's impressive. And five by five roto. He had another yeah, five I mean, night tonight. 
a three homer night in Coors, you know, and uh, with five extra base hits, uh, that'll do it, you know. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, but, but he's getting Arizona next. Arizona's except for what Gallon. I'm not too concerned about that pitching staff. That bullpen's a wreck. He could be in right. for a nice little heater right now. No, yeah, absolutely. And you know, Dickerson played well in stretches last year too. It was mm-hmm. kind of health and playing time that was kind of keeping him uh, down and. You know, so so far he's he's hitting 261, seven home runs, 16 runs, 20 RBI. I mean, the, the Giants right now are really outperforming expectations, you know, across the lineup. Um, I didn't think it would be like a matchup that, you know, you, you would think this would be a matchup we were targeting coming into the year. They've actually been hitting pretty well. And, and you look at Dickerson, he's got a 45.9% hard hit rate. 114.6 mile per hour max exit velocity. So he could definitely hit the ball hard, 14.9% barrel rate. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine Dickerson will be, uh, you know, out of that lineup anytime soon. And there with uh, Yastrzemski hitting well, I mean, they, they're on a, a little roll here. And sticking to your with your Giants, Brandon Belt's been a guy that I've been kind of touting as somebody to go ahead and grab. 31% owned. Five home runs, 15 RBIs, 333, 420, 621 slug. Like, that's a triple slash. And we've been waiting for this forever. And, of course, it would come in 2020 in the shortened season. He's barreling the ball at a career best uh, 19.7%. That's top 3% in the league, his barrel rate. So the quality of contact is going up with the hard hit rate by far career high, 52.5%, which is top 9% in the league. He actually decreased his launch angle. (laughs) So I'm guessing by doing so, he's just – making better quality of contact and when you make better quality of contact the ball can obviously travel far farther and harder but regardless that we never questioned the power it was always a matter of just that the home park but apparently you guys had some construction go on over there changing how the wind plays and how the how the field plays as a whole and it's actually a hitter's park this year uh, again it's a small sample though i wonder how it's going to play next year but regardless it's not the pitcher's park it's been of years past and right. the hitters are taking advantage of that uh you gotta be excited to see brandon belt doing the things he's doing granted what is he 30 something years old 32 i mean better yeah. late than never i mean the one year when no one rostered him every anywhere <laughs> but you gotta like what you see man your giants are like you have like this sneaky value and if you look at his stat cast page it's mostly red too yeah yeah i mean it <laughs> The Giants making the playoffs was the last thing I expected, but right now, you know, they're sitting at rough. They're sitting at eighth. Yeah, that bullpen. The bullpen is rough. I mean, if they if they weren't gonna sell off any anything at the deadline, I mean, if if they're thinking that they're gonna make a playoff push, why not get some help in that bullpen? I mean cheap help. You can get cheap help. Look, I mean, you saw teams give away a few really cheap like Taylor Williams types didn't cost a lot. But yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel like you should. You guys had some really solid trade pieces. Like you could have traded Yaz for probably a solid. Like you, th- you, th- you saw what Nola went for. You know, I'm pretty sure yeah. Yaz could have got like a Nola type of return. Which I, I mean, I'm not a big Trammel guy anymore these days. But you would have loved to get Trammel just to see the potential there for Yaz. You know, and I feel like you could have gotten that type of return. Yeah, you, you know, I'm not too sure that they, you know, see Yaz as someone who's going to be part of that core. I mean, he's already 30 years old. Um, you know, that young core that'll be coming up over the next few years that includes, you know, like Helio Ramos, Hunter Bishop, um, Marco Luciano. Um, so, you know, and then they had Kevin Gosman as well, who will be, a, uh, you know, as a pending free agent uh, who's been pitching well. Uh, Gosman's actually on my waiver wire list. You know, he his next matchup is actually going to be against uh, those Diamondbacks who just traded away Starlin Marte. So 
that's a matchup you're definitely going to want to target now. And uh, Gosman gets the Diamondbacks next. So if he's available out there, um, yeah, I mean, 31% strikeout rate, 5.3% walk rate. Uh, he's pitching pretty well. Uh, it does have a 4.43 ERA, but with the 3.76 FIP, 3.09 uh, X FIP. So I think uh, that's a matchup you know coming up that you can exploit. And uh, if Gosman's out there, I'd pick him up for that. Well, I'm, I'm glad we uh, talked about a pitcher because we need to talk about some pitchers. But we've been just, <laughs> I just realized we've only talked about hitters. Is there any pitchers that you've been adding or has it been more of like a streaming type of thing? Because I feel like there's no good pitchers available. You look at who's like, you look at some of the guys like on the most added list, Corbin Burns, 62% owned. He's not available in any of my leagues. Right. Marco Gonzalez, 61% is not available in any of my leagues. I just don't know who's even available anymore. Like, I, I just stream. I feel like I'm just streaming more than ever. Tyler Molly's kind of interesting. He had another yeah. good start tonight, seven innings, only three Ks, but, you know, a 3.86 ERA, sub one whip. And this is the second straight start. With last, The last start was a 6.2 inning start with a win, 11 Ks, 2.7 uh, ERA with a sub one whip as well. Molly's a good name to go ahead and just target and I, I can't think where I can't see where his next uh, matchup lines up though. But regardless, I don't think it matters. I just want I mean I just want to ride hot arms because my my ratios are trash in quite a few leagues. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it seems like anyone who has actually performed well, it's like you're kind of hesitant to drop them. So I mean, yeah. I mean, p- picking up pitchers. Uh, yeah, it's been this year. It's been difficult, you know. Now, what would you? What would I told you? Tell what if I told you there's a pitcher, he's not universally available. He's rostered in sixty six percent of leagues. His last two starts, one is six innings, one is five point one innings. He has a win. He has six Ks in each start. One ERA is a three point three eight ERA with a one point one 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 point one three WHIP. The other start is a one point five zero ERA with a six a point six seven WHIP. I completely messed up those lines. Basically, six <laughs> innings, a win, six Ks, sub two ERA, sub one whip is one start. Five point one innings pitch, no win, but six Ks, three point three eight ERA with a one point one three whip. That's better. I said that way better. Would you be interested in a pitcher coming off two hot starts? And these starts came against at Cleveland and home in Detroit. It is Matt Boyd. Wow. <laughs> all that to say, all that all that rambling, which whoever's following at this point, if anyone just follow along, Matt Boyd's been really good of late. The changeup has worked. I think he's been getting better feel on his pitch. Overall, right. he's been obviously doing better. I haven't looked at his pitches and his effectiveness on each individual pitch. That involves way more of a depth. I'm usually so focused on the hitters that that type of stuff usually takes time for me to get into. But regardless, Matthew Boyd has it working. We've seen how good he could be when he has it working. Would you be interested in giving him a shot again if he's available in your league? Yeah, I mean, you well, know, like I said, we're up, back in. We're back in. That changeup is has been working. Yeah, that changeup. Um, you know, it's the only pitch of his that has a positive uh, p val. But um, crazy because he has the good slider. I guess he has. Yeah, the only thing it. that scares me is you know he could be getting Minnesota a couple times Ugh. to finish the year. Um, so that's that's a little it's a little scary there. And Minnesota uh, he just got Donaldson back. They did, yeah, they did. We'll see how if uh, Donaldson's able to, you know, if he doesn't get any setbacks. But <laughs> regardless, that's a scary lineup. And uh, yeah, seeing you know them seeing Boyd multiple times over the next couple of weeks, um, not too sure how that's going to go. But it's definitely encouraging and and hope give me gives me hope for next year. 
a guy I'm loving for next year, Sixto Sanchez. He's not. He's available only. Uh, he's available. Oh, I mean, man. he's only. only I have loved watching him pitch, <laughs> dude. It is impressive. I mean, he's the, that highly touted prospect. It's like he lost some of that shimmer, that glimmer, whatever that word is. He lost some of that when he got traded to Miami in the Phillies deal. But dude, he's looking every bit of legit. The ball is moving every which direction with control. It is mm-hmm. impressive with velocity too. He's pumping it in there. I mean, he's not available in all leagues, but if he is, he's a must-add guy. Get him on your team. Do not be afraid of Marlins pitchers. They've always had sneaky good pitchers, so do not be afraid of them. I, I would definitely roster them both. Uh, them both, as in, like I, I forgot. The, there's one in my head, like Pablo Lopez was the other one in my head, and I forgot yeah. to say it out loud. So when I said them both, I meant Sixo Sanchez and Pablo Lopez. If they're available in your league somehow, you get them on your team. I would say Eliz- I can't say his name. Hernandez, Eliza, Eliezer, Eliezer. Hernandez, Eliezer. Thank you. I, I knew I was gonna mess that up. Eliezer Hernandez, but he's injured right now. Seems yeah. minor, but right now anybody injured can be dropped. Period. There's nobody like anybody who's missing a week. It's hard to justify holding on to them when that's a third of the season, a remaining season. Especially well, actually, ten day IL. So yeah, it's definitely a third of the remaining season. Uh, we can get into the cut bait or weight guys now because we talked about we've been talking about this list. These are all stud guys. Let's start with let's let's start with Josh, your boy Josh Bell. Josh Bell is having a terrible season. Four home runs, two, batting two hundred five on the year. The dude has a thirty percent K rate and an eight point three percent walk rate. I would normally say don't worry because he's never struck out more than 20% of the time in his career. And he's never walked yeah. less than 10% time, 10% of the time in his career. This is simply a cold streak. And don't get me wrong. I don't think he was going to live up to the hype that was coming off of the 2019 season anyway, but I, this was not going to happen. This is not him. He's going to be a fantastic value next year. I think actually he's going to fall. He's going he's to fall and rightfully so he deserves to, but you're the Josh Bell guy. Is there anything you're seeing that, makes you optimistic or is he a drop if, if needed? Well, not for this year. Uh, the, I mean, that lineup is just so bad. You know, I, I don't know if it's just like, he's trying to do too much. I think uh, he is. I'm looking at his, I'm looking at his play discipline and his career. Right. He has a career high O swing rate, which he's, so he's chasing more balls out of the zone than ever. He has a career high swinging strike rate by a long shot. Oh, like yeah. he, he, it almost went up 50%. <laughs> like it's like, it went up almost 40%. I should say. And he's yeah. doing that. He's doing that while swinging like almost the same amount as last year. So he's being like when he is being select. He's like when he is swinging, he's not being as selective as he was, making less contact as a whole by far. eleven percent less contact than last year. The dude is struggling. He's not seeing the ball well. He's swinging and missing. It's explains the the struggles. With that said, though, again, this isn't him. He's never been this guy. I think next year. I think he'll bounce back. Honestly, long term. But this year, he's a drop. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I think, uh, I, I mean, I'm going to be in on him at the discount next year. But for this year, you know, I, I mentioned it previously, like with Mountcastle, if like Mountcastle's out there, I would absolutely, I would drop Josh Bell for Mountcastle for the next few weeks. Yeah. And I wouldn't even hesitate to drop, uh, to drop Bell. I mean, his XBA is 245. So he is underperforming by 40 points in his batting average. But you can't necessarily depend on that. And pitchers are attacking him relatively similar to last year, so I'm really surprised. He's seeing less fastballs, but I don't know. I'm just looking at it. He's actually underperforming on everything, basically, especially the fastballs. He has an XBA on fastballs of 298 and a BA of 231. So when I, I think the, they might be messing with him with a pitch mix a little bit, maybe. 
or he's not sitting on fastballs and he's swinging at everything. There's a lot going on. I don't know. I'm trying to break. I shouldn't. We're trying to do this quicker. And I'm trying to break it down mm-hmm. fast. I'm trying to break them down because it's so aggravating to see Josh Bell struggle. Because I I do like Josh Bell, just not this year. But going right. on to the next guy, Chris Bryant. He just got activated off the IL and he's out. Like this, like first game he played today, he was out. Didn't see any update as far as injuries. I'll double check while we talk about him, but I don't know. I, I think he's a cut too. I, I just he hasn't done it. What, what has he done for us this year? Yeah. <laughs> like, and when we say cuts, we're saying if you're in a league that's like I I don't know, man. Some of these guys like I'm ready to cut these guys in 12 team leagues, especially for like a Brad Miller or other guys like that. I understand it's tough and it's not normal. It's not comfortable. If you could trade them, still go ahead, try to get from under them. I'd rather have Jake Cronenworth than all of them, but I just don't, there's nothing here to suggest they're going to turn it around. And I think yeah. Brian is playing injured. Right. Yeah. You know, he's uh, just returned from that finger injury and it's just all year, you know, he's hitting under 200. Like, I don't know, like right now, you know, would you pick up and start, you know, someone like Austin Riley, who's on a heater yep. right now, you know, yep. Austin, Austin Riley, he's only, uh, you know, 36% owned. So yeah, he might be out there. I'd absolutely plug uh, Austin Riley in. Well, you know, yeah, exactly. Got, uh, Same eligibility too. Is it third base, outfield, kind of, kind of like. Yeah, you're hoping like what what Austin Riley is doing is what you wish Chris Bryant was doing, and right, it's crazy because Chris Bryant can turn it on at any minute, but we're getting down to crunch time. If you're behind, if you if you can't afford to sit on these guys, Chris Bryant is a guy you can cut. And that isn't we we don't say that comfortably. It hurts like I feel gross saying that. Like it feels like I feel like I'm committing a sin to say <laughs> that. But that's what we're because again, it all goes back to this season being the way it is. No time to wait, crunch time. There's a lot of chance to make up a lot of room still in standings, especially in roto leagues. So if you can get a guy who's on a heater and because you have to make up ground quick, fast, and in a hurry, Chris Bryant's a cut. I don't know if you disagree with that, but. For me, he's a cut. No, no, yeah, no, I, I agree. So let's talk about Pete Alonzo because, you know, I love to talk about Pete Alonzo. <laughs> what do we do? Are we Okay, even I'll admit, for me, Pete Alonzo is a hold. What about you? Yeah, I'm still holding Pete Alonzo. He actually just, hit a home run today, I think. Yeah, but go look at his empty bat, his empty home runs. Like, cool, he's hitting a home run like every other game, but he's batting 208 in the process. Like, yeah, uh, that's tough. That's like Chris Davis with a C type of uh, production. Good, <laughs> like, good. You can crush a home run. We, but do we really need again? Go back to Austin Riley, who's hitting home runs and batting average. I'm not dropping Pete Alonso, but I think he's a sit most days, man. It's really hard. If I have, if I can sit him for somebody that's on a hot streak, like Jesse Winker, like you, there's a good chance you have both these guys on your roster. I would start Jesse Winker over him. I would start Dom Smith over him. And some of the guys on the waiver, I would start Austin Riley over him until further notice. Mm-hmm. I, I would start. I want to see a little more life, consistent life, because you'll see P. Alonso hit a home run. He'll go over seven. Sorry, he'll go like over six, with like three walks and like four Ks over the next two games. <laughs> with like that's that's kind of what he's been doing. It's been a home run and then nothing for a game or two. A home run and then nothing. So he's really dragging you down, especially if the home run isn't a multi like a, a multiple RBIs or something. You know what I mean? So he's just and it's funny because I was I I wanted to talk about him a little bit today um, earlier on the, on the other podcast, but I I kind of forgot to make my point. People are saying, well, this is a small sample. You know, 
this isn't really who he is, but I kind of want to argue that this is not a small sample because we have a sample going back to the second half of last year with a 28% K rate and a 235 batting average the second half of last year. This year, he has a 27% K rate and he's batting 208. The BABIP is a little lower, but only 30 points lower. It's still 250 to the 280 to that, has, that he hit last year. So, yes, he should have some BABIP regression, which makes sense. But if he even if he regresses some BABIP, we're still talking only a minor uh, batting average, uh, probably up to that 230 range. So, are we sure he's ever going to be that? Like he hit 260 on the season last year. Are we sure that's not his ceiling until proven otherwise? Because everyone expected him to kind of be that. Like that was going to be his floor. He was going to hit 250, 260. And people like we, we, me and you were big on the whole, he's not going to hit 50 again. And right. I think that was his career high year, even his rookie year. Crazy, I know. But unless the ball stays juiced, I don't see that happening again. Plus, didn't they sneakily put a humidor in? That was like one of the things. They were one of the parks, I think, I put a humidor in. Was City Field one of those? It might, might have been. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. But I'm pretty sure it was. And re- but regardless, the power is going to play, but you're just looking, there's a lot of red flags here. And again, with him, it's a larger sample size than just this season. If you go back to the second half of last year, it started there and it's pretty much continued. OBP leagues, though, he's still pretty worth it. I mean, he's still walking at over 10% of the time. He's actually at 12.2 for the season. So the, yeah. the walks are still there, but his OBP is low because of batting average, but still the power on base points leagues. He's kind of tough to roster as well because he strikes out too much. Like it's yeah, weird. I mean, I'm wondering. I'm wondering. Is he going to be in that 70ish range next year? 75. Top, like, you're going to have people drafting him top 50, and I'm 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 out. I'm out on that price. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how much the needle actually moves for guys like this. I mean, the strikeout rate is not all that far off from last year. I mean, the thing that kind of you know really sticks out is uh, the 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 BABIP is pretty much you know 250. Uh, BABIP is a lot lower than what we're accustomed to seeing from him, even in the minors. Um, so I don't know. I, I think, um, you know, I, I think we're going to still see him maybe going in the top 50 next year. Uh, I can't do it. But yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, as far it. as the next three and a half weeks, I mean, who knows? I, he's a hold for me though. I, I do yes, agree that we aren't going to, I know we rambled on a little bit, but I just wanted to stress my concerns. Cause again, it goes back to the second half of last year. Cause you're mentioning the whole season, like the, the strikeouts is on the season. The strikeouts in the first half weren't that bad. It was the second half where they spiked making the average kind of put it in line now. So you have that 28%, 27% that those aren't, and that's not a low amount. That's a, that's like a fringe, like you should be worried about, you know what I mean? Like that's like the that weird danger zone of like, Man, this guy really does strike out a little more than you feel comfortable, t- you know, drafting him for. And if he's just a power hitter who hits 250, why are we drafting him in the top 100 picks? To be honest, because you're hoping he's going to be elite in home runs. You have to hit the ball to be elite in home runs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate to put it that way. You get my point, though. It's like his skill set isn't that, isn't, I mean, I don't know, 40 home run hitter hitting 250. I'd rather just take somebody who's more secure. With other skill sets, and then pile on the power later. Plus, I feel like power is the easiest thing to find off the waiver wire anyway. Regardless, that's my soapbox on Pilonzo. I hope you're listening, Zach, because it makes me happy to know that I get to talk about Pilonzo, and I should get a jersey assuming uh, Olsen (laughs) can keep going. JD Martinez is a guy that you were kind of like when you did, did that awesome little list you made. I forgot what it was. It was basically showing that. He could be in for a little bit of a decline. You did not see this coming. I know no one saw this coming. 
And I don't see yeah. a lot of I don't really see a lot of reason. I mean, we're talking about Babip. His Babip is almost 100 points lower than what last year's was. So he's just a guy who's being like a little unlucky. The ground balls aren't even up. The line drive rate's the same. He's actually hitting more fly balls, but he is pulling the ball less. So maybe that's hurting his power a little bit. But regardless, I think he's somebody I have, I'm not dropping at all. What do you think about J.D. Martinez? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not dropping him yet. I, I think he actually had a pretty good game today. He had, uh, yeah, he went two for four with a double and uh, two Perfect. runs uh, added in. So, <laughs> yeah, it could uh, turn around for Martinez. But, yeah, he is someone who coming into the season, I was looking at, you know, players that were over 30 and, um, and see if there were any trends there. And he was someone whose barrel rate had been dropping year over year over the last few seasons, uh, along with his exit velocity on uh, fly balls and line drives. So, but the contact rate was still, you know, elite. So, I mean, I, I didn't have any hesitation that, you know, that he would be a 290, 300 hitter who could still hit, you know, at a 30 home run pace, which is still extremely valuable. You know, that's a, that's a second, third round pass, you know, regardless. So no, I, I'm still holding on to JD Martinez. You know, a guy that, I got to look more into now because I looked into him a little bit, but I realized this guy doubled his launch angle and that's George Springer and he's struggling and his batting average is 194, but the dude has an XBA of 267. So it's like, wow, what's going Why is there such a, an issue there? Then, you know, you can probably, I, I probably can look up his bat and all that, but I'm not going to do it. I was looking at his launch angle and his launch angle is up almost 10 degrees. Like it went from 10.4 to 20.3 with that, the barrel rate to drop. So he's making less, that sweet spot went up though. Oh man, this is such a weird profile. The hard hit rate went down though. <laughs> but you look at it, and what, another thing that's really worth noting is that his pull rate's a career high fifty point seven percent. I wonder if he's just trying to yank everything out of the park. Yeah, I've been I've been watching Springer a bit, and it it just seems like that. Like he's just trying too hard right now, and I think it might be because I mean he's been very like inconsistent in the lineups. You know, whether it's dealing with his wrist injury getting hit on the elbow. Uh, you know, he's been in and out of the lineup since the season started, basically every week. You know, he's only got you know, 27 games in. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not too worried about the skills as far as Springer goes. I just think that, you know, he, he just hasn't been able to get it going. You know, he has a you know career-high walk rate right now, 13.6%. 18.6% strikeout rate is not bad either. I mean, that's that's actually really good plate discipline. He's only got a 200 BABIP. Um, there you go. You know, and so I, I, he'd be a great buy low option, but you, he's just a bench right now. He'd be a great buy low option in any other season. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Right now, he's just a he's a bench for me for sure. Um, so like, and, like, and he's never been. League, yeah. In a five outfielder league, you're not benching him. No, you're still playing for the upside. And you're looking at the Babips, and he's never been a high Babip guy, but his career Babip is 100 points higher. The last two seasons are 100 points higher. <laughs> like he's, he's never been, like I said, high Babip. His Babips are around two, 297 to 305-ish. Over the last three years, that's the range. So like, you got to think what's causing the issues is probably, let me guess, his, I'm guessing his pop-ups are up. Let me look at his info fly ball rate. Um, I'm guessing yeah, that because... Yes, because he's pulling the ball and he's getting under it too much. His launch angle, I think, is swings a little off. Yeah, and he, he hasn't. Yeah, he's, oh wow, his infield fly balls have doubled. Fifty percent infield fly ball rate. That is not good. <laughs> well, yeah, especially with it coming off two straight airs of eight point two, eight point three, and again his pull rate being up so much. I think he's just trying too hard and he's getting under the ball. 
Like that's that's what his profile says to me. Hey, I'm pulling the crap out of the ball and I'm getting under it. Yeah. That's and that seems like again, it seems like a tweak he could fix. So he's not a drop, but it's just hard to in shallow leagues, you have to sit him. And his under rate, yeah, his under percent. His guess what? 33.3%. His career under percent, 20.7. Like he's never had a, a he's never gotten under and an under percent would be, you know, how much you get under the ball, I guess, uh, obviously. Yeah. And um, it's never been above 21.6%. And this year it's 33.3. So again, he's just getting under the ball. It's, we pretty much found, we've, we diagnosed what's wrong with George Springer. Like it's, it's pretty obvious. It's there. It's in black and white. It's just a matter of, I don't think he turns it around in three weeks. There's just not enough time. This would be a perfect buy low candidate. I'm really upset right now. Uh-huh. But you know what? This screams discount next year. I'm going to love it. I'm going to rank them better than most. I wish I'll be higher than a lot in the industry based on, like, if assuming that this sticks and he actually struggles the rest of the season, you'll see him drop because people are going to be worried about age and decline in production. But there's going to be plenty of reasons why you shouldn't be worried about the decline in production because you got to think of somebody his age and, or not even his age, but somebody with his skill set and, like, you're not cheating or not. This isn't the hitter he is. Like, I get he's been better in past years, but he, there's a, like everything else is still looking good minus a, a, the swing issues. So I'm not really concerned about a Springer long term. But yeah, okay. he's going to be a he's going to be a good uh he's going to present a good buying opportunity next year in draft. And in dynasty he might be a good buy low. You'll have yeah. a lot of people you'll have a lot of people concerned. But speaking of Astros while we're there, Jose Altuve looks terrible. Yeah. What is going on there? I don't know what is going on. Everything's down. Barrel rates down. Exit velocity's down. Sweet spot percentage is down. Like I can keep going on and on. Everything is down. His XBA is in line with his batting average, basically. 222 XB, uh, is, is BA, and XBA is 231. So it's like he's producing like he should. I don't understand what is wrong with Jose Altuve. Have you seen anything? Is there injury? Is it? He's seeing less fastballs. He's actually seeing less fastballs, more breaking pitches this year. Maybe teams are taking advantage of that. Because if, if you look at 2019, and let me guess, more seasons, He's always – no, he's not always – no, you know, just last year he struggled against breaking pitches. Maybe as he's getting older, he's having a harder time seeing him. He's 30 years old. I don't know. Making up stuff yeah. here because I don't know. I mean, if the season ended today, his 19.3% strikeout rate would be one, two, three, four, five consecutive years of um, increase in his strikeout rate. So, I mean, Ooh. yeah, that's that's – I mean, that's definitely not a good trend there. No, you're right. And it's – but and it's crazy because it's been like a little increase, a little increase, a little increase, and this is like the big one. Yeah, and he is, you know, he is thirty years old. His BABIP isn't that far off from last year. Again, I, yes, it's lower than last year's, but two sixty four to three hundred three isn't a terrible leap. That would make him maybe what, maybe a two fifty two sixty hitter if it came up three hundred three. If, was, if mm-hmm. his BABIP was normal, that's why it's like I'm wondering how much like. What I don't, I just can't find what's going on with him either though it's it's tough because there's not a lot. Well, really we sh- do see this. Uh, we do see this quite a bit in Ooh. aging hitters. I mean, his zone contact rate is still very good at eighty nine point three percent. But he's swinging outside the zone, you know, That's more than tough. ever right now. Thirty eight percent O swing and sixty seven point seven percent O contact rate would be the lowest of his career and. This is exactly the kind of things you see sometimes in, in aging hitters. Goldschmidt was showing some of this um, last year. I remember that. Yeah. We talked about, I remember the, having that discussion about Goldschmidt last season. 
So yeah, I mean, but okay, let's get to the point though. Are we cutting bait or are we waiting on them? Oh man, um, <laughs> it's so hard to say. You know, to cut to cut Jose Altuve. Um, ten team league, I think are you I'm, them? Ten team league. You've seen like we've seen the pictures on Twitter, man. People share the like the waiver wire. You have you have Javier ba- you have Javi Baez on the waiver wires there. You have Kyle Schwarber's of the world. You have really really like underappreciated great talent. Can you really afford to stash him on your small bench in a shallow ten teamer? It just depends. It depends on who you have at, at second base, really. Yeah, you know, if, if you what if you what like, if what if Cronenworth was on the waiver wire? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I'm starting Cronenworth right now. <laughs> yeah, it's not a matter of if you, like right now Altuve is a bench, but if you again, it's all about where you're at. Are you leading your league? You you hold on. Are you trying to make up points? Are you in a head-to-head format that you need to win, or you're out of the playoffs? He he's dependent. He's he's one of those that he's a cut depending on a few a few scenarios. He's not. It's not so cut and dry with him. That's the thing. Yeah. So I'm glad we agree there. Let's get a couple. Let's, okay, real quick. No more breaking down. Just cut Bader weight on Javi Baez. Oh no, I'm I'm, I'm waiting on on Baez. I think he actually hit another home run today too. Did he? Good. The the, the Cubs as a whole are getting going. He's yeah. a guy that I'm holding on to as well. Uh, Alberto Mondesi. Cut bait or wait? Uh, I think you... I'm cutting bait there. <laughs> Here's the thing. He is Billy Hamilton. <laughs> like right now, he's right. literally. I looked at him the other day, and you told me. I think you listened to that podcast. I rolled solo, and dude, everything's just bad. Yeah, <laughs> everything it's, it's is bad. bad. I, I don't have any Mondesi shares. Neither do I. And, I. and I was actually in on the idea of drafting him in the shortened season, but the stolen bases are there. You're getting the stolen bases. So if you need those stolen bases, guess what? You're stuck. You are stuck. Yeah, with I mean, it's coming with the 186. Batting so average. bad. He's a one category producer right now. Two eleven OBP, man. He's a one category. He's walking under two percent of the time. He's a one category producer. Yeah, but he's so elite at that one category. Tell me that you can sit him if you if you're. What if you're sitting there third and steals, and he's the only reason why you're even third and steals. It's hard to justify unless you're hurting everywhere else. Obviously, it's really hard to justify. Uh, I can't. I would cut him in points leagues. He's a cut. In Roto, it's really hard. I think you're stuck with them. I mean, I hate to say that, but if you can afford not to deal with the steals, I I don't know if I want to give those steals to somebody else, though. I think you're stuck holding them. I think well, you're stuck to just playing that game. But in points league, he's a cut. He was a cut yesterday. Oh, in a, in a points league, yeah. Points league, he wasn't even draftable. In a Roto league, you're, you're right. Like, I wouldn't cut him, but he's definitely a bench. I mean, if you have Mondesi right now, you probably have already banked those eight steals and you know, there's, there's maybe a handful of guys that have like over five steals. So, you know, maybe if you have a good lead in that department, you go ahead and just bench them and, uh, you know, get someone in there that can hit. <laughs> Period. <laughs> like just anybody who could hit the ball a little bit. All right. A couple of pitchers here, Patrick Corbin and Jose Barrios. Are you, is it just, because pitchers are so bad, you got to hold on to these guys, or are they cuttable? If you go look at them, uh, Corbin hasn't been bad with the ERA, but the strikeouts have been lacking, and the whip has been really bad. Barrios has just kind of been meh this year as a whole, and even with the good matchups, he hasn't really done anything special. 
I think you're. I think personally, I'm stuck. I mean, I don't know if I can cut them. It would have to be a ten team league. But otherwise, I'm stuck holding them because pitching is so rough. What about you? What are you doing? Exactly. No, I, I'm right there with you. I'm I'm holding them. Barrios was someone who I mean I thought both he was liked. Gonna be we really both. valuable in this in this shortened season. You know, because he was someone I thought can go deep into games. But I mean, his pitch count has just it, it's been the control. I've, I've seen him. You know, he's been walking a lot, and yeah, 11.5% walk rate is a lot higher than what he's had over the last few seasons. 6.1% last year, 7.6% the year before. So he's walking a lot of guys. You know, getting that pitch count up. He's been struggling to get through six innings. Uh, but I mean, I I still I mean I still wouldn't cut him. The strikeouts are there though for the first time. You know, <laughs> the strikeouts. <laughs> Maybe that's the problem. Maybe he's trying too hard to nibble at the edge of the plate and not getting the called strikes. Or he's when he's missing, he's really missing, not inducing enough swinging strikes. I think swing. I think it was the. Oh no, I think the swinging strike was up. I think he's not inducing enough chases. I think the chase rate was down. The O swing was down, if I remember correctly. Yeah. That's what it is. So I think what he is is when he's hitting the hitting the zone, it's really good stuff hitting the zone. Problem is, is the stuff that when he throws it out of the zone, it's like pitchers or hitters are just spitting on it. They're just spitting at it and they're not trying swinging. So that's awesome. We hit a lot of names, talked a lot of baseball. Let's run through some closer stuff before we get out of here. This ran a little long. I apologize, George. So let's do some closer stuff. I know you're ready to talk closers. After yeah. this crazy trade trade deadline, who are some of like the names that instantly jump into uh, some of these roles. You have Seattle who uh, traded away their guys. You have Diamondbacks who traded away their guys. You had, what, Greg Holland get a save for the Royals. Who saw that one coming? Not me. But, um, <laughs> like, where, where are you at in these situations, man? Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of the guys that were traded, you know, they weren't great situations to begin with, and they got <laughs> traded to be just, like, middle relievers. So, I mean, you look at, like, Baltimore. They traded away Michael Gibbons and Miguel Castro. Hunter Harvey is in there. He's going to be eased into the closer role. So, I mean, if you really need saves, I mean, Hunter Harvey will be the one to pick up there in Baltimore. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, man. Tampa Bay with Diego Castillo. Is that short-lived? I, I, like, I feel like every week they just, like, pull a name out of the hat and say, hey, you're the closer this week. I mean, Diego Castillo got three saves last week, you know, over this last week. And now today he came out in the fifth inning. Uh, with the race uh, up by five runs and it's like what are you doing <laughs> um yeah it's a closer so character um, circus. oh <laughs> what, what okay what about toronto like who is it is giles is on the mend he should be coming back soon i believe is bass back in the role like what's going on there yeah so bass is back in the role i know he was coming out for the ninth inning today i haven't kept up with uh how that game finished up against they uh, won miami they, they won yeah. so if they won then yeah it was bass getting his the fourth save. save today uh so it is bass i mean it looked like jordan romano was taking over that job but unfortunately he got injured so uh and you know ken giles isn't ready to come back yet so for the time being it is gonna you know stick with anthony bass there uh, Let's in see. I think, he's, I think he's available. I mean, I know I held on to him in a few leagues, but I think he's relatively available because a lot of people went, a lot of people dropped him. He's only forty four percent owned, and uh, he's only forty four percent rostered in Yahoo. And being ro- that's relatively low rostered, like he's relatively available. I'd say he's a guy you go out and uh, he's probably one of the better low end options available right now. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned Greg Holland. He did get the first save for Kansas City. <laughs> Such um, a mess over there, man. Yeah, I mean, it, 
he's going to be in the mix along with Scott Barlow, Josh Stalmont. I, you know, Stalmont's obviously the one that has the most electric stuff, you know, tons of strikeouts. Um, and then the Detroit too, uh, you know, Joe Jimenez lost the job and uh, Gregory Soto had actually, you know, he's been their best reliever all year and he's gotten the first opportunity. So uh, Soto is in there uh, again, the saves for Detroit. He's I do. Available. I do like Soto. The stuff looks pretty dang good. And I was. Uh, and who? So obviously, that's. I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how I want to rank them. I guess Bass, Soto, Holland. Uh, Those are three that should be relatively based available. Based on the team context is right now, yeah. I mean, I, I would go for the time being Bass, Soto, Holland. Um, I was thinking of guys that would actually be available from you know on the waiver wire because Diego Castillo. I don't know. He might be. I I don't want to touch that. That and we have Nick Anderson coming back, I believe, soon. So I really don't want to touch any of that headache. Yeah, Hunter Harvey yeah. is intriguing though because the oil the Orioles are playing very good baseball. They are. Yeah, they they can they can score some runs. Um, Yoshihisa Hirano in uh, Seattle. You know, Seattle traded away um, Williams and. Uh, Dan Altavilla. So, I mean, Hirano is should be the guy there to step in uh, for some saves. Uh, let's see some other situations that might have changed. I would keep an eye out. I would keep an eye on the Philadelphia situation. So, they did acquire Brandon Workman, but he's gotten mean, a couple he saves. Had, yeah, he's also he's also blown a couple saves. I mean, he's hasn't been so sharp. <laughs> I need him. I need him. I need. I need you to will this into the into happening, man. No, I mean, they did. They traded for David Phelps from from Milwaukee, and Ugh. Phelps has actually been really good. I, I would keep an eye on that situation if Working, you know, comes out and blows another save. Keep an eye on David Phelps. Uh, you know, he could possibly take over uh, there. What about the Chicago uh, Cubs? I was What's just at the Cubs. <laughs> Uh, so am I. So let's talk about the Cubs because Kimbrel was like looking towards getting it, then blew one. Um, Wick seems like he gets his chances and then blows up two. Jeffress, exactly. I don't know. Jeffress has done it before. We've seen it. He's who you have kind of with an asterisk next to his name. Right. Tell me about so that have, situation. I have them set there like kind of in a committee right now between Ron Wick and Jeremy Jeffress, but Jeffress has been getting the job done recently. Even the newly acquired Josh Osic, uh gave up a. I think he gave up some runs the other night too. I would stick with Jeffress if you have him. I would keep him in there, keep him in the lineup. I, I think he, for the time being, I think he's going to still continue. You know, continue to get the a couple save opportunities here. So, yeah, I, I think it's Jeffress for now. You know, he's not flashy. He's not going to get a bunch of strikeouts, but. Right now, he's getting the job done, and that's what Chicago needs. Just give me saves, like please. Exactly. Uh, looking at Colorado, I thought Givens was going to be sneaky. I thought they went and got him to maybe because they've been having issues with the bullpen and close and the closers specifically. But then Givens came out tonight, got the win though, so that's intriguing. But yeah, he came out in the seventh, and Bard got the save tonight. So that's just a situation I thought was worth monitoring, but it obviously is not. But you have Trevor Rosenthal pegged as the closer in San Diego. You think Pomeranz is going to slide back into that setup role, that multi-inning role, and Rosenthal's the guy there? Well, we kind of saw that when Kirby Yates went down. Um, you know, Pomeranz would step in when Yates was struggling, but when Yates went down, we saw Pomeranz kind of in that setup role. Uh, he was getting some saves as well. I think it's going to be kind of more of a committee. I wouldn't be surprised to see Pomeranz. I think uh, Pomeranz and Rosenthal kind of complement each other, lefty-righty. 
And I, I think um, I think Pagan yeah, just went on the IL, so they lost another uh, relief pitcher. So yeah. it might just be those two, which is great for because that team's going to win. So it's actually like both of them have value for saves. Right. Yeah. I think we see a bit of a committee there, though, depending on the matchups. All right. Let's finish this out with two more teams. The Diamondbacks have, I guess, a bullpen. <laughs> I don't oh really. It's pretty ugly. And then I the don't Giants, know. But let's talk about the, let's talk about the Diamondbacks first, and then we'll let you finish off with your Giants. What's going on over there in uh, in Arizona? Oh man, these are two terrible bullpens, man. I don't know who's been worse, but right now, I mean, Junior Guerra's kind of been the <laughs> more consistent guy there in Arizona. Maybe. I'm not even sure how many opportunities they're going to be getting. You know, they were sellers at the deadline. They traded away Archie Bradley, traded away Starlin Marte. So, I mean, this is a, these two are kind of situations that I'm not even touching. I mean, not not even not even in a 15 team league. I mean, I'm not even taking a chance anywhere in San Francisco. They, it's kind of a carousel there too. I mean, Tyler Rogers, Sam Coonrod, Tony Watson. Uh, kind of all t- ter- uh, have been taking turns. I mean, this last week it was Coonrod and, and Rogers, but uh, yeah, we saw them struggle today in Colorado. I mean, it is in Colorado, but still, I mean that that bullpen's been rough. I don't yeah, know. You, you, you got you guys are competing, so. <laughs> but in all seriousness, man, yeah, there's a lot of mess. I think we I think we sifted through a lot of it though, man. It was a lot of good stuff. I love talking bullpens with you. You cover them so well. That's why I make sure if I can get you on once a week, it's for bullpen talk because it's so useful because there's so much. It's this year more than ever. I'm sure you as someone who writes about it weekly, I'm sure you uh feel the pain of this co- um, ongoing constant keeping headache. track of things every week, man, has been such a headache. It has been insane. But again, if you guys are interested in this article, which is fantastic, it breaks down every situation in the major leagues. You can find it on Twitter at Nino. You have it posted there. Obviously, it's at FantraxHQ.com, where I formerly used to write. Uh, <laughs> it's good times, good times. I'm, a, I'm over at Rotoballer now, still doing my thing. But speaking of Rotoballer, the podcast is sponsored by Rotoballer. Anyway, on that note, guys. We appreciate everybody listening. It was a lot of fun, George. Love having you on. I, I, I try to get you on as much as possible, but life just happens, dude. Um, but yeah, of course, like I said, you can follow George on Twitter at Roto underscore Nino. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Curland. We appreciate each and every one of you listening. It's been a crazy season. It's coming to an end. Just stick with us. We'll get you there. We'll get ourselves there, hopefully, in the process. <laughs> but we'll get you there. And as always, we just truly appreciate you listening. We truly appreciate the support. A five-star rating review on your way out is always appreciated. We thank you for your time, and we, we, have, we hope you have a good night or day or whatever. Just have a good one. <laughs>